0: Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and roles for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply to opt out.
3: All around old Cape Horn Ships of the line, ships of the morn Some who wish they'd never been born They are the ghosts of Cape Horn All around the riddle they run With a rim in diddy and a Sailing away at the break of dawn They are the ghosts of Cape Horn See them all in the sad repair Demons dance everywhere Southern Gales, Tattered Sails, and none to tell the tale. Come on, all of you stick, oh, the
4: bright And welcome back to the Exxon Everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network and voice of reality radio television network based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada from our studios in Hamilton. If you'd like to give us a call 1-800-610-7035. That is toll free throughout the US, Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at xzoneradio.com on MSN Messenger xzoneradiotv.com, tv.com and our websites www.xzoneradio.com, www.xzonetv.com. tv.com and now As well, www.thevoiceofrealityradio.com. We're going to be talking about ghosts this hour. And people always ask me, well, Rob, you know, why is it that people only talk about ghosts at Halloween? Well, the majority of people do. The people within a very, uh, outside of what I consider to be the group that I have the pleasure and privilege of talking to each and every day here in the X-Zone. However, I believe that there are most there are more ghost stories pertaining to Christmas than there are to any other time of the year. For example, you've got a Christmas Carol, you have the three ghosts, you've got the ghost of Jacob Marley, you've got the ghosts that are tied together by the chains, um, you have the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. Then you also have, Ting, uh, you also have the Disney character ghosts. You also have Casper the ghost. You have Ghostbusters, the movie. And they all relate to the topic that we're going to be discussing this hour. My guest this hour is Alan Sloniker. He is the investi- he is an investigator and the public affairs officers for CPRI. And their website is www.virginiaghost.com. And Alan, welcome to the X-Zone. And what got you interested in ghosts?
5: How you doing, Rob? Doing um, fine. Thanks for asking. Um... Been interested uh, probably all my life. Um, I um, was born and raised in Richmond, mm-hmm. and um, Virginia is an old state, and, and Richmond is a, a very old city. And I grew up in a very old neighborhood, um, a Victorian row house um, in uh, downtown Richmond. And um, my father was very much into. History and antiques, local legends, local lore, um, and raised me with a, an appreciation of that as well. Um, and as I was coming up and kind of learning the history uh, of my city, my mm-hmm. state, uh, getting more into that, um, one of the things uh, about growing up where I did is that we had some, I'll say, activity in our house periodically, Um, mostly noises. Um, My father actually claimed that he saw things. I can only say I I heard noises, but things went on, and um, that really sparked my curiosity. And as I grew up, I I was uh, always, as far back as I can remember, um, interested in um, both history and and, uh, the unknown, paranormal, if you will. Um, and uh, just loved a good mystery.
4: All right, stand by, Alan. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Alan Sloniker is our special guest, www.virginiaghosts.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. The show is then repeated in its entirety from 2 a.m. until 6 a.m. And the Exxon is, is now proud to be the anchor station and the anchor show for the Voice of Reality Radio and Television Network based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, owned and operated by Rolmar McConnell Media Company. I'll be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break as we continue right here in the X Zone.
3: And you dance like Zizi Germain Your clothes are all made by Balmain And there's diamonds and pearls in your hair Yes, there are You live in a fancy apartment Off the boulevard Saint-Michel Where you keep your Rolling Stones records and a friend of Sasha D. Stanley, as you do. But where do you go to, my lovely, when you're alone in your bed? 1 800 610
4: 7035 is our toll free number throughout the US, Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're joining us here in the X Zone on the Voice of Reality Radio and Television Network. My guest is Alan Sloniker, and he is with Virginia Ghosts. And uh, first of all, uh, Alan, thanks very much for joining us tonight and uh, for sharing the experiences that that you've had. And before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about uh, your younger years, where you lived in a home where you heard things, but your dad, your dad had uh, claimed to see things. And was this the catalyst that, that brought you to investigating the unseen and what many people call the paranormal, but you and I call normal
5: um, I, I definitely think it was uh, the the spark that mm-hmm. kind of set it all off, set it all in motion um, like i said I, I've always been uh, interested in um, this type of phenomena uh, always been interested in a good mystery mm-hmm. uh, and as I got older. Um, professionally. um, I I got into public safety. I've worked in law enforcement for uh, the last um, 12 years now, almost 13 years. And um, uh, right now I work as a a criminal investigator in Virginia. And um, I, I think that, you know, part of what led me to liking the paranormal also led me into law enforcement, which was um, again a good mystery you know the the classic who done it
4: all right well let me ask you this uh, i myself am a, I'm a former police officer so we've got a we've got a common thread here that i'm very happy to hear about because we are, we are taught something in law enforcement when we go to the academy and the subsequent courses that we take is never to take anything for granted follow the chain of evidence you know and and i think that this is one of the main things that a lot of people who call themselves paranormal investigators cannot understand is they do not understand the importance of the chain of evidence and the chain of custody of which evidence is a very big part of. So, so having said that, as, as, a, as a member of law enforcement who has taken the, the many countless hours of courses and then the, the, uh, the courses from what we call the streets of, of uh, the University of Hard Knocks, what has been your most interesting experience or your most interesting encounter in the paranormal,
5: um, I've, I've been with uh, CPRI now for uh, almost three years, mm-hmm. and um, had an occasion to, um, you know, have some interesting experiences. I think the probably the most profound, the, the most fascinating single experience uh, I've had was um, back in August, so quite recently. Uh, when we were investigating Waverly Hills Sanitarium mm-hmm. outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and, and that was uh, a, a really wonderful experience as a as a paranormal investigator. What happened? We went there. Um, the Twelve of us in our group um, went there. Had the uh, facility, the, the the whole run of the facility from uh, eight at night till four in the morning, um, and uh, we came out of there with. Uh, variety of uh, both personal experiences and some evidence collected. Uh, I think the the most amazing thing that happened was on the fourth floor um, we were sitting at the end of a hallway Mm -hmm. and this was uh, roughly 2 in the morning, sometime between 2 and 2.30 in the morning Um, and myself and uh, another individual had observed a, a flash of you know, and I hate to use the term orb, but, but that's what it was, um, like a white spherical flash at, at the end of the hallway. And the hallway goes down a number of feet. It's a very long hallway. It's lined with uh, doorways entering into what used to be patient rooms and then goes to a little bend in what appears to have been an, an old nurse's station. And um, there's there's almost no power up there uh, at all. And... Um, so we just had the light of our flashlights. So mm-hmm. we said, well, let's turn off our lights, just sit here. There's ambient light because it's it's really not in the middle of nowhere um, as you know, I think sometimes it's presented on television. Um, it is in kind of suburban Louisville, so there's ambient light coming through. It's not pitch black. And um, we sat there and um, we started to see what I could only describe as a, a black formless, mass that was going from left to right, and right to left, and was blocking out the light um, coming in from uh, the open windows near the bend at the end of the hallway. And we watched this, and we watched this, and um, that uh, progressed. We saw a, um, what I can describe only as kind of a very misty, slightly luminous blob, if you will, down towards the left uh, side of the hallway. That took the form of a full apparition that proceeded to kind of walk about at the end of the hall. While this was going on, we started to see shadow figures. Um, And, you know, just what I would Mm -hmm. describe as as black silhouettes, kind of head-shoulders, that would appear to peek out of the side of the room. Kind of looking at us, and then it would come be on another door, then another door. Um, at one point, it got to the doorway, probably within 15 feet of where I was sitting, and the figure leaned out. You could see, you know, a clear head, shoulders, upper torso. Absolutely no features, just straight black. And you know, again, we had the apparition there, and this went on for. My, it, it went on good 20 minutes, probably almost 30 minutes that all this activity was going on. Um, and uh, it, it truly amazing,
2: truly
5: amazing. I, I, I came back from Waverly Hills uh, really, really reinvigorated because as a lot of people in the paranormal field will tell you, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of, you know, going on investigations, looking, talking to people, looking, talking to people some more, and coming up with not much. You know, there's a whole lot that you got to dig through, a whole lot of traipsing through the proverbial woods, if you mm-hmm. will, um, for, for you to find something. And and I think I personally had gone through um, a, a period there where, you know, we, we weren't coming up with a lot. Um, and, and then – to kind of land there in Waverly Hills, experience some of the things that we experienced, and you know that was that was the climax of our experience there. Other things happened, but um, I, I just I, I walked away just walking on air.
4: It was great. So tell me yeah. why why do you think that these apparitions and all this paranormal activity remains at this at this location despite the 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 countless numbers of paranormal investigators who keep going there and all these reports keep coming back and yet paranormal investigators will keep going to other sites where activity has been seen, heard, documented by one group and others go back and get absolutely nothing. What is it about the Waverly Hill Institution that keeps the paranormal activity flourishing?
5: It, it's very, very difficult to say. Um, you know, one of the first things I, I learned uh, coming into this field was um, you know, that there's probably more we don't know mm-hmm. than, than we actually do. And, and many times, you you come away from a case, even a case as is, is, is good as our investigation of Waverly Hills, you know, with sometimes more questions than answers. And and frankly, you know, we don't know why this goes on. We, we don't even really know what this phenomena is. I mean, you you can see this apparition in front Mm -hmm. of you and is that the spirit of a, uh, of a deceased human being, you know, we, we don't really know for certain. And, um, you know, if, if somebody in this field tells you they know they have the answer, then you should probably walk in the other direction. Um, we have theories. There are theories out there. Um, and they're just that, uh, unfortunately, at the moment, uh, just theories. Uh, Waverly Hills, for example, like many places with uh, reported uh, paranormal activity, have uh, a lot of history. Um, there was a lot of, um, in, in that particular case, uh, suffering, sadness. Mm-hmm. And one theory is that um, strong emotions, strong personal uh, experiences can leave a psychic impression on on a uh, location that then kind of plays back like a movie. Um, You know, again, that's just one particular theory. Um, You know, we have...
4: So I guess it's safe to say that there are more questions than there are answers still in the in the paranormal.
5: Oh, oh, absolutely, A- absolutely. Um, again, you know, um, our job as investigators is, is to collect evidence mm-hmm. and, and try to establish facts and hopefully be able to gather evidence that that we can then present to the traditional scientific community as proof, if you will, of paranormal activity. Um, but again, you, you just, there's so much that we don't know. And, and you know, paranormal investigation, as kind of as we know it today, you know, maybe less than 100 years old. Yeah.
4: And there's still Knowledge a lot that no we involving. need to know. And, and the science really hasn't changed that much. So We're still using the same scientific techniques, and even though there is new scientific equipment that is being developed by members of the paranormal, still there's so much more to learn. Stand by, Alan. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news. www.virginiaghosts.com. My special guest is Alan Sloniker, and Alan and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the X-Zone continues, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the voice of reality, radio, and television network.
3: You talk like Marlene Dietrich And you dance like Zizi Jamais
0: Forced Metaphors,
1: presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Flu season is here again, and this year so is the H1N1 flu virus. By taking some simple steps, you can help protect yourself and others. Wash your hands with soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds. Cough and sneeze into your arm, not your hand. Keep common surfaces and items like doorknobs and keyboards disinfected. To find out more, go to fightflu.ca or call 1 800 O Canada. Knowledge is your best defense. A message from the Public Health Agency of Canada.
4: Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're talking about ghosts this hour with our very special guest, Alan Sloniker. He is an investigator and the director of public relations and public affairs for VirginiaGhosts.com. And we've had the pleasure of having the good people from Virginia Ghosts on the show before. And uh, as, a, as a member of law enforcement, how do you? F- what is your personal opinion, I should say, on the aspect and the eventuality of quantum physics research being applied to the paranormal?
5: I think that um, someday that, that could easily happen. Um, you know, you, you have people in the physics community mm-hmm. now who are, are way smarter than I could ever claim to be um, that are already exploring the idea of uh, uh, multiple universes, for example, uh, new thinking on, on how time and space interact. Um, I think one day uh, it is it is very, very possible that um, uh, ghosts or ghost activity may be explained from the standpoint of, of physics, as as opposed to what we now categorize as the paranormal.
4: What What, what is your hypothesis on what a ghost actually is?
5: Um, again, all we have is theory, um, but we can categorize um, theoretically. Mm-hmm things into three different areas okay. you have what would be described as poltergeist activity mm-hmm. um, you know things getting thrown around knockings bangings um, you know usually not um, apparitions or, or, or disembodied voices or, or any of that type of thing um, and we think that uh, that is possibly um, uh, psychokinesis, uh, the, the human mind actually acting on, say, an inanimate object, throwing it across a room, um, and that the person causing it is likely unaware that they're causing it. Um, not Nobody's really quite certain why. Um, again, that's just a theory. Another one is the, the classic um, uh, ghost of... Uh, of a dead person, what would be defined as a intelligent haunt. An area is occupied by the spirit of somebody that actually, you know, once lived as a physical, mortal human being. Um, That can diverge again into uh, an inhuman haunt, what would be referred to as something maybe like a a demonic type haunt, which is, Very rare, um, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then there's people that specialize just in that type of thing. Um, But, you know, an intelligent consciousness. Um, And then the last one, and what we tend to think is probably the most common, would be a residual haunt. And that's where, for example, you're sitting in your house and you see the apparition of the old lady walk across your living room, and no matter what you do, the apparition Pays you no mind, will not interact with you. Goes about, uh,
4: it's business as usual.
5: Wandering. Yeah. Pardon?
4: Business as usual.
5: Business as usual, as if you weren't there. Now, aren't aren't, aren't the
4: aren't these ones mostly noted in forts and in castles, uh, where they they can be seen as regularly as clockwork?
5: Um. There, that does tend to be a lot of what's reported mm-hmm. around um, historic uh, areas. right? Um, and, uh, again, I think in many respects that may be the most ta- common type of report. And, and that's one of the ones that kind of goes back to your, your question about um, can physics explain this? Um, you know, the, the idea of a residual haunt is that, you know, chances are you're not viewing a ghost. You're not viewing a spirit. Um, but the theory is that you are viewing uh, an image from the past Mm -hmm. that, for whatever reason, is visible there in the present. And again, we don't know why, but likelihood is, hopefully, that science, traditional science, will be able to explain that one day.
4: How does the the investigation proceed when you and other members of your organization receive a call from a member of the public saying that they believe their home or their business is haunted. How do you proceed with the investigation?
5: Um, CPRI um, is is largely a uh, complaint-driven organization. Um, It's pretty rare that we do something like Waverly Hills where we're actually going out Mm -hmm. and investigating something on our own with that type of history. Um, most of what we get are, like you say, contacts from the public. And what happens is that gets forwarded to one of five regional directors around the state. Um, most of the time, we get these things in email form. Um, we'll respond to the email. Usually, uh, start with a, a follow-up phone call and just start talking to the individual. Um, try to get some background on, on them. Try to get some background on what they're reporting, and then based on the results of that, uh, we will uh, make a decision as to whether or not we're going to go out and do what's called a preliminary on-site investigation, of POI. Um, we'll usually go with a, a smaller team of investigators. Uh, we'll sit down. We'll do some interviews. Um, we have a couple personality standard personality tests we like to administer. Uh, we do that so that if at some point we had to take that Uh, to, um, somebody in the the psychiatric field, Mm -hmm. we have something that they could look at as a starting point. Um, and, um, try to see if we can collect some basic evidence, baseline EMF, for example, um, look for, um, other causes of what's reporting. And and that's the underlying thing. We, we tell people, and, and I have to, um, deal with, uh, Lot of these uh, calls from the public myself um you want to start off telling people let's not assume that what you're experiencing is paranormal and we explain to them very clearly what our process is you know we're looking to eliminate all of the things that it couldn't be before taking that step to call something paranormal and, you know, even still, we want some sort of evidence um, to back up that that claim of paranormal activity. And, and again, there's all manner of things. Such as? It, um, mistaken identity, mm-hmm. um, mental health issues, um, substance abuse issues. Uh, unfortunately, you, you do get people out there um, that... Uh, are looking for some sort of, um, attention, Mm -hmm. um, and, and are not being truthful, um, you know, could be something, uh, environmental causing it that's being mistaken for something paranormal, um, many different things And, and it's, it's situation specific, but many things that it could be before we, you know, jump to that, that, that paranormal,
4: uh, assumption. How long does it take you during your investigation to come up with the conclusion that what this person is reporting is either paranormal or not paranormal?
5: Um, That's difficult to say um, because, once again, we go from the preliminary, we go to a full investigation. Mm -hmm. um, And we may have to come back uh, more than once. Um, If you go to our website, see that we have some cases out there a number of cases out there that are still open um, that you know originated two three years ago um, because they're ongoing Um, you know there's no set time on how long an investigation is going to last you know it it, it lasts as long as it lasts (laughs) Um, we, we have a case going right now in one portion of the state where um, you know, we're, we're kind of scratching our heads based on what we have so far. And, you know, th- we could be working this particular case, um, good Lord, <laughs> however long it takes to, to come to some sort of answer, be it paranormal or not.
4: What kind of equipment do you use when investigating a paranormal case?
5: Um, most of our equipment is, is pretty basic. Um, uh, camera Mm-hmm. uh be it uh, and i use both i, I use a, a 35 millimeter slr digital um standard you know point and shoot digital um either uh, traditional excuse me uh analog or uh, digital cassette recorders um basic video cameras um we are uh, also use some night vision we have access to thermal if we need to. Um, we um, are um, LEDs, which are really helpful in the dark, and we're starting to uh, – Waverly was a good learning experience for that, um, that we need to use some LED floods in lower light environments. Um, but most of what we use is very basic. And, and then, you know, obviously the most important tool that any investigator can carry is a, a pen and – a notebook yeah you know, I have sure to I, I have to ask
4: you at this point do you believe in the paranormal
5: I would say that I do I, I would say that I do I, I'm not going to stand here and, and tell you that I know what the paranormal mm-hmm. is um, and again I, I certainly don't assume that I have all the answers but I believe the paranormal in my opinion um, does exist um, we just don't really know what it is.
4: In your opinion, as a paranormal investigator, where has been the most haunted place that you have gone on a paranormal investigation to?
5: Myself, personally, I think Mm -hmm. Waverly. Waverly. I I, I go back to Waverly again.
4: Have you ever done Uh, any research or paranormal investigations using EVPs? And if so, do you believe in their credibility or do you believe that there's another explanation for EVPs?
5: Um, EVP um, sessions are something that are pretty standard in, in our practice. Um, we'll do EVP sessions during uh, preliminary investigations and um, full investigations. Um, and uh, EVPs, uh, to me, are one of the most amazing things uh, in, in the paranormal research field. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, this phenomenon does happen. Um, again, what it is, how it happens, we, mm-hmm. we really don't know. Um, but um, it, uh, it it I, I personally believe it ha- happens. We've gotten some good EVPs uh, as a group um, that that are just amazing, um, and sometimes they're they're uh, they're very faint, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're uh, surprisingly clear. Um, it's it, fascinating phenomenon. Again, we just don't know why it why it happened.
4: Have you ever tried to communicate with a spirit or a ghost or an entity, whatever you want to call it, and if so, have they ever shown you any proof of consciousness?
5: Um, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that. We, we have a case that is currently being worked now. Um, and and um, forgive me if I, I talk in a lot of vague terms and locations and stuff, because much of what we do is confidential. I
4: understand uh, that, and I, and I appreciate that.
5: Um, but uh, there's a device called a, a Marantz recorder. A Marantz recorder um, is, is a standard tape recorder. The difference is you wear a set of headphones, and um, you um, ask your question, and there's a delay on the headphones, maybe about five seconds. The theory behind that is that if you do get a response, an EVP response, you could hear it, and then, you know, all things being perfect, Mm -hmm. carry on some sort of uh, discourse um, with with an entity, if you will. Um, We just had um, some success with that um, on an investigation, and hopefully um, some of that will make it to the website uh, here in uh, the coming weeks. Um, but um, that is something that we always try to do. And um, you know sometimes you'll get a response what seems like an intelligent response when you play back your, your recording. Um, but uh, the Morants, That's hopefully to facilitate something much more real time.
4: Alan, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Alan Sloniker is our special guest. www.virginiaghost.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue live and around the world on the Voice of Reality Radio and Television Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Voice of Reality Radio and Television Network, 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at xzoneradio.com and our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. First of all, Alan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us uh, for this past hour. It's been a delight and a pleasure talking to you. Um. Thank you. For those who may be anticipating or or they want to become a paranormal researcher, investigator, what advice do you have for them?
5: Go into it with an open mind. Um everybody is raised uh with a particular set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. You know, I, I have my beliefs, uh, system and that may differ from, you know, another investigator within our, our group. That's fine, but keep your mind open. Um, you may encounter something that challenges your belief system. Um, look at everything you do from a skeptical standpoint, look for the facts, ask questions, Um you know, do not assume that anything any particular case you go on to you know, you're going to run into something paranormal. More times than not, Mm -hmm. the answer is not paranormal. Um, you know, again I believe that it's there and, and you know, you'll find it. But, you know, be cautious, be skeptical be reasoned.
4: Should a person with no experience try to investigate the paranormal themselves?
5: It's, uh, <laughs> it's
4: a bit of a loaded question, I was, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah
5: um, I, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I guess is the best I can say. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it really boils down to w- what are you mm-hmm. hoping to get out of it? Um, you know, there, yeah. there's many individuals with an interest in the paranormal, many groups um, set up to to look into the paranormal that are are, are more and kind of the uh, the Scooby Doo model of investigation, I guess.
4: Um, and that's putting it mildly. So that is putting it very mildly,
5: <laughs> and that you know, that, and that's fine. You know, if you're just looking to go somewhere and you know have an experience, you know, okay. You know, um, I think using the type of model that that, that we operate under, that our, our director and founder Bobby Atresteen set up, um, then I would say no. Um, you know, coming into CPRI, um, we have a uh, very set uh, application process and we have a very set training process and somebody has to meet all those criteria before they're going to be turned loose to conduct investigations the other thing is um, you know don't investigate by yourself Mm -hmm. I mean aside from from basic safety concerns um, you know
4: Alan, I hate to do this, but we've just run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you very much for joining us. Please please give my very best to Bobby, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks very much, Alan. www.virginiaghost.com. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away.
6: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment.
4: Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org.